Hello and welcome to Doing Time, where humans talk about their experiences in a psych ward. Today we have guest Ty Riggs, otherwise known as Ty Riggs, y'all. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Chicago comedian, podcast host. Uh, yeah. Actor, singer, dancer. Uh, Keep going. Writer. Um, <laughs> human being. Yeah, human, most definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay, so the first question I always ask is how much time have you done? We're going to talk about your experiences in a psych ward, things along that kind of route, obviously. Yeah. You know. I spent a week and a half. Damn. Yeah, it was uh, the week and a half before my 18th birthday. <laughs> yeah. God. We're off to a great start, folks. Yes. And <laughs> um, wow, Okay. So, were you in Chicago? Where were you? Yeah, I was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised, and uh, huh, that was a that was a dumb day. Like looking back, yeah. it was a pretty dumb day. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I start it? Do I start from like the beginning, or do I go yeah. like to some? So my my idea kind of is also trigger warning. I mean, some people have been complaining, but I do have a trigger warning on the podcast. There may be content that's graphic or disturbing triggering it's right. kind of hard to say that as a comedian because right. I'm like trigger it's not a good word but but yeah no this podcast is definitely i mean people are pretty graphic because people want to share their stories right. um so say whatever you want don't share whatever you aren't comfortable sharing also oh yeah i was gonna say go into kind of just like yeah what led you there what happened okay well experience there um kind of ugh. i've always had to deal with mental illness i was diagnosed with depression and slight adhd a mm-hmm. little bit when i was younger like mental illness runs in the family because you can tell what's wrong with certain family members so my mom was very like on it when it came to me acting out or doing things in school so i had a a counselor i had a doctor yeah as a kid growing up mm-hmm. so i dealt with all that shit right um fast forward i was 17 mm-hmm. I forgot fully what happened. It was a weird time. Like, a lot of things were happening in that time frame. Like, I was in a new school. Uh, I just lost my virginity. Um, (laughs) The girl I really liked at school wasn't into me because I was a dork. (laughs) So, like, Hood Nerds podcast? (laughs) uh, (laughs) It wasn't even about me being a nerd. It was about just me being a dork. It's two totally different things. It's hard to describe. But um, she wasn't into me. Yeah, and I understood that, but I, but I was like, I was sad about it. But that wasn't even like the reason I even went to do what I did. It mm-hmm. was kind of like just woke up that morning. And I'm like, I guess today is the day. Mm. So I went to school and I asked this dude, which is fucked up because I went to a Latino school. Yeah. And <laughs> I asked the one white guy. Like, he was, like, a tall white dude because there was a lot of dudes that was in there that was older yeah. than, I guess, the age of leaving school, right. which, whatever. But yeah. I went and asked him. He was, like, one of those, you know, trench coat wearing, big Doc Martin boots, <laughs> listen to, like, super hard rock yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so I went to him, and I asked him for a gun, and he was like, why, man? It was like, you beefing with somebody? You got a problem with somebody? I'll go with you and beat their ass, man. <laughs> and I was like, no, I just need the gun, bro. He was already on your side. Yeah. <laughs> he was. I was cool with him beforehand. So, like, I yeah. knew him to, like, so if, like, some, if I needed something, he might be able to hook me up. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, he was like, no, bro, you don't need a gun, man. He was like, we could just beat their ass, bro. Like, man, bro. And I was like, oh, I got to go to class. Never mind, man. Right, right. 
Yeah. So I'm you overcommitted to the bit. Yeah. It's just too much. Yeah. So I left it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, went through my school day, and like halfway through the day, I get called up to the counselor's office. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, what did I do this time? I wasn't right, thinking it was sure. that. I was thinking it was maybe something else. Maybe I didn't do my homework because I don't do my homework. Right, right. So I yeah. went up to the counselor's office. Counselor was like, yeah. Um, we talked to Michael, and he says, you know, he, he didn't want to seem like he was snitching or anything, but he was really concerned about you, and you would ask him for a gun. And I, they had already called my mom, so I was like, fuck. Right, so now you're just, like, trapped at that point. Right. Yeah. So I basically told them what the plan was or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Good for you. I mean, that's – it's hard. Yeah. When you're in that state to be like, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. It's like, yeah, admitting that is hard. Yeah, because and in in my experiences, when you fess up and just give the whole story instead of like trying to fight it and like you know, yeah, and deny it or whatever, things usually just get handled. Yeah, and be over with. You can kind of just take a breath, and it wouldn't be an issue anymore. Right. But they suggested we went to Hartgrove mm-hmm. for you know an assessment, or they right. talked to a doctor or whatever. By the end of the day, I was in scrubs. Damn. I didn't even get home. Like, I was like, it, and it was in my neighborhood. So I passed my house from school. <laughs> so close. To get to the fucking. So close. Because <laughs> you're going home, yeah. So. Sure. Dude, you're the second person. I didn't know that you, like, had to change into scrubs. Yeah, when it, I guess when it comes to boys, that you can't have belts. You can't really have, like, right. shoes with laces or whatever. Right. So they put us in scrubs. But your parents could bring jogging pants and T-shirts mm-hmm. for you yep. if they care. So, like, you can tell the kids whose parents cared <laughs> opposed to the ones who didn't. Yeah, they wear jeans for seven days, and you're like, dude. <laughs> you couldn't wear jeans. You yeah, had to wear yeah, scrubs. scrubs. So, yeah, so yeah, it's like yeah. you walking around, you had the scrubs, and then you had the dudes with, with jogging pants and shorts. Yeah. I didn't have that in, and I stayed at three different hospitals. Oh wow! And yeah, I th- stayed at three different hospitals. Um, none of them had scrubs for sure. I just say that because the people that I knew that didn't have like pe- parents or people who cared or cared quote unquote to come see them, they wore the same shit for like days because they did. You know, they yeah. didn't have shit. I mean, right. yeah. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to have joggers and stuff. It was yeah. interesting because. There was really only three of us that were there for, well, I was the only one there for suicidal ideation. Okay. Moses actually slid his wrist up. Holy like, you shit. got Wait, to see. And you were under 18, so you were in the kid. Yeah. Oh, damn. And I was the oldest kid. Like, I was the week away from 18, so everybody right. else was like 16, 15, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, there was not really any, like, psychotic kids. They weren't, like, off, off. They were right. just, like. Right. Most of them were angry niggas yeah so yeah. it's like they had um yeah. they had personality disorders some of them yeah. were in gangs some of them were in the projects they okay. got locked up in there for acting out mostly getting into arguments getting into fights too much in school so their grandparents or their parents was like you know take them to the hospital see if medicine and counseling can help right for know, sure. And there were several times where the counselor stopped us from being loud or talking stupid and was like mm-hmm. this is not jail this is a step before jail there's something to fix whatever's going on in your mind so that you can be live a regular life instead of ending up in prison yeah like a bunch of other people and i'm just sitting there like man look i tried to kill myself if right. i go to prison for trying to kill myself right. then that just 
it's more motivation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and that's interesting. Well, because when you first said that, I was like, why would you? How is that a step to jail? But I guess the acting out part. Yeah. Where like a lot of people I knew. I mean, a lot of people I know that have mental illness or whatever. You know, they, some of them cope with stealing and things like that. And it's just like, okay, well, clearly that can lead to jail. Yeah. Or anger issues or you know killing other people instead of yourself i mean it just can get super aggressive but especially especially if you're warped in like a cult-like system but it's you know yeah i mean yeah there was people there were definitely people too who were like um at one of my house i was there under 18 for one of them and then the second time i was like 19 and they, there was this, there, there was this one dude, yeah, who definitely was got involved in drugs and gangs and stuff like that. And I had one girl when I was under eighteen who had like an ankle bracelet on, like wow. probation. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty intense. I was, I was very intimidated by her too because I almost just felt like she was a step above us in a oh, sense, wow. yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. because she just like went that extra step where it's just like, oh, you've, you know. And I think her dad was a cop too. Oh so shit! So it's just the whole like yeah. thing was fucked. Yeah. That is crazy. See, yeah. I was only with dudes. It was like it wasn't um, co-ed. Like we were across from the girls, so yeah. sometimes we'll see them peeking over into like our area. Yeah. But yeah, we kept we were totally separated from the girls. It was mm. just us guys and um, the counselors. Yeah. Uh, we had roommates. Okay. I was lucky enough to have a pretty cool roommate. His yeah. name was Prince. Uh-huh. He was kind of slow. I shared his, my books with him. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. So I had I was the only one with books. I had yeah. jogging pants, so I was kind of chilling. Yeah. So like he were pampered. In the, a little in the bit, cycling. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, it was regular. We had like group sessions. We yeah. had lunch. We had dinner, breakfast, um, snacks. We watched movies sometimes. Uh, got to know these guys. Yeah. Everybody was interesting because everybody had their own story on how they got there. Yeah. And how do you – so, you know, I've had people on the podcast who have said, like, we weren't allowed to talk about our stories. We were. How did you – how was your relationships with people in the hospital? Like, did you feel like you got help or out of your suicidal ideations? Did it help you? Yeah. Um, getting to know the dudes that were in there with me mm-hmm. was, like, shit, my life is – fine these niggas is going through some stuff mm-hmm. like one dude just met his mom three weeks before he got put in there and then he was like a six five dude and everybody was talking about how they were crack babies and i'm like but you look healthy as hell dog <laughs> you made it right <laughs> um one dude got in an argument with the counselor because he felt like he needed to sell drugs for his family to survive oh, and i was like yeah. i've never been in that position where yeah i'm the man in the house Right. I've been a man in the house, which means right. I had to do man stuff, shovel snow, uh, uh, plant flowers or some shit, lift right. lift heavy objects, reach things that my mom can't reach. You know, yeah. that's man shit. But you weren't the man. Right. I wasn't the provider. I wasn't right. the one that brought, you know, that, yeah, I wasn't the hunter and gatherer. I was just help. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it's so, I mean, I've been in so many, and it, it's hard to speak to it. It's just like, a, I mean, a white person, but it's just like, I've been in so many classes and like cultural issues of psychology, and we talk about the whole structural oppression of being in a gang, of being in violence, and thinking that that is the only way. And I mean, it's interesting too, because like my brother is a drug addict, my brother's a heroin addict, but, oh, wow. but he, 
you know, he was never involved in any type. He also has Asperger's, so it's like he would never, he could never keep a secret. He has the biggest smile. I mean, can you imagine a person with Asperger's trying to, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to write this bit about how, like, his version of getting heroin is like, can I have some heroin? Like, he's so aggressive and, like, just no social cue awareness. Right. So it's like that he was never involved in. He just couldn't. I think he'd be the worst gang member there ever was. <laughs> but, like, in terms of that, I mean, I understand. Like, I've seen people get in fights with counselors over stuff like that, too. Right. Because, yeah. But overall, it was okay, there wasn't, like, there were a few guys that were scared, I was scared of. Mm-hmm. There were people who were actually crazy. Yeah. Uh, when I got there, everybody kept on mentioning one dude. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where he at? Where Kurt at? Where, where yeah. Kurt at? And it was like... You still want to make sure he's behind you or something. Yeah, and then everybody was like, oh, Kurt, he got too loud, and they gave him the booty juice, which I forgot what was the... <laughs> what? I forgot what the technical term was. They called it the booty juice because it's like they give you a shot in your ass to go to sleep. Are you serious? Yeah, if you act up. What the fuck? It's in your butt? Not in the hole, but like on the cheeks. <laughs> Not in the hole. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So you act. <laughs> it's like butt chugging, but. <laughs> <laughs> With sleep medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that's so fucked up. Okay. Um, I thought it was like in the arm, but anyways. Yeah. I, I, there's one for the arm, <laughs> and I think there's like a drink. But yeah. If they have to um, tie you down. Then right, it's, it's forceful. Be... I mean, you can't like. Force me to drink something, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, you so shoot them. What? <laughs> shoot <In> the them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you act up, they call your doctor because everybody yeah. has like their own doctor. They have right. their own. Um, they have a counselor that's in charge of them. Right. Yeah. I own counselor, own psychiatrist, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he had the booty juice, and he was out for like three days. Yeah. But when he came in, he was pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, he was out for like three days, which is like you don't. I don't need a shot to take me out for three no, days. No, that's just, yeah. You're like I just have depression. Yeah, <laughs> that's my shot for three days. It's just depression. Sorry. So we uh, it was okay, but oh, also with school. So I was yeah. a senior technically. I was supposed. Yeah. Well, I was in my fourth year, but I had junior credits, so they had me in a junior main room. Yeah. And uh, though that week and a half really fucked up my school because I was like really out of it. And they had classes, which wasn't really classes. They just gave you three worksheets. One counted science, one counted as math, one counted as reading. Oh, wow. And the science was a crossword puzzle with animal names on it. The math was multiplication and simple division. Mind you, this is my fourth year in high school. Yeah, what? That's like, you're supposed to be like trigonometry, pre-calculus, like, and you're doing... This is what the hospital gave you? Yeah. Okay. And it counted for Good. and it counted for school for when I when I went back. So it's like if I missed any assignments, those assignments that I did in the hospital will count towards the assignments that I needed done at school. Dude, I that's like what I do at work. Like I do like word searches when I'm bored, you know? Right. But not like for that would never I mean, when I was in when I was in the hospital, I had to do my work, my like um we had like study hour. Mm-hmm. And I would go to this room with all the other kids that were in the hospital because it was under 18, so everyone was still in school. And 
they would give me my work. Like I would check my Gmail, my teachers would email me my work and I would still have to do it. And if I needed help, of course it was like a little exempt where they're like, well, when you come back, we can kind of figure things out. But I did all my work. Yeah. (laughs) It was also part of my OCD of like keeping up with everything and make sure everything's like fine and nothing's missing type of thing. But I know that's weird. (laughs) I'm sure you were happy. I I was happy as hell. Yeah. It was so easy. I'm like crossword puzzle done. Uh, Right. The reading comprehension. That's my favorite thing. It wasn't even work for me. Yeah. I always pass when it comes to reading. You like reading, right? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of figuring out context, subtext and all the other stuff. So, yeah, it was easy for me to like kind of (laughs) just get through that. Yeah. I was helping out all the other dudes finish their shit so we could watch our movie. Yeah, um, right. Free time. Yeah. Did you guys get ice cream? Uh, One day we did. We got ice cream like but every night. there was like three days where we were locked down. What the fuck? Because nobody wanted to shut up. And the head counselor was having a bad week. Uh, His fake tooth had fell out and he couldn't find it. So he was walking around with that part of his mouth missing. So he was already frustrated. Right. And he put <laughs> us on lockdown, which wasn't really bad because I had books. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll stay in my right, room, read my sure. books, um, Doesn't sleep. that feel like, like solitary confinement, though, a little bit when you're locked in for that long? <laughs> I had my roommate. That's true. That's true. So at least you had somebody. And you liked him, though. Yeah. So that's good. There was other people who couldn't have roommates. Oh, yeah. That's how our – I mean, if you're at a certain level where you're like, I will, I'm a threat to other people, then for sure, yeah, they're not going to – it's almost a privilege. Almost, yeah. Yeah. But he had gotten, gotten sent away because he was – actually crazy it was like they had to give us a whole speech like he got sent to a group home because he has an actual problem right and i was like damn because he tried to sneak a spork in his sock after lunch one day was it plastic yeah and we told on him like all these dudes is like gangsters and they told on him damn like hey he snuck a spork i don't feel safe right i wouldn't either and then he uh flashed another boy across the hallway which was funny as hell for yeah. anybody else. But to, <laughs> to the boy, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's funny. Um, yeah, they always check for, like, this is some people don't realize, like, how intense the environment is, where it's just, like, they don't, they check you for um, utensils, like yep. plastic knives, which there would be no blood involved if you try. I mean, it's the same per- thing <laughs> as take, taking apart a pencil. Yeah. You know, it's like, pencil would probably even be better, but, like, they check for all utensils. Um, when you take meds, they... Th- Make they sure have, that you got it. Yeah, you took it you and took you it didn't, like, hide it under your tongue. Under your, your tongue. Cheek. Yeah, they always check. Like, when I first got there, I had to get... It was so vulnerable. Like, when I got there, they... Um, you have to, like, kind of do the squat and cough thing. Well, I didn't do that. Yeah. Because they're like, if, if I had anything on me, I'd probably use it already or something. They checked know. every part of my body. Damn. Like, every part. And I was also already there for three days. And they were just like, have you done any drugs? Blah, blah, blah. And this was, I also, when I was uh, 18, never smoked a cigarette in my life, never drank, never smoked weed, like did nothing. I was pretty clean of that. And I felt super like almost attacked when I, because I was like, I'm a good girl. Like I know I'm in a psych ward, but like I'm just super depressed, you know? And then right. they took me in like, made me like strip and it was just i just was super uncomfortable that's embarrassing it is embarrassing because you're already in such a vulnerable state and then when they make you i understand jail because it's like these are the consequences this is what's happening right but like when you're in a psych ward and you're like i just have really bad anxiety and i want to kill myself i don't know how to manage it and then they're like well we're gonna make sure you're not also 
you know. A crackhead. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not. Like, I just want, and not to say that being a crackhead <laughs> is a bad thing, but it's just like, I don't want to be almost like victim, like, just like, I don't know. It's felt like almost bullying when I, they were just like looking at every inch of my body. And I was like, all right, this yeah. is uncomfortable. It was just very uncomfortable. I just didn't like it. Um, did you, so, so you haven't been hospitalized since though, right? Or no? No, I try to avoid it. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> it was a very, it was a, like a life changing event for yeah. me that even just with a week and a half, a lot really went through my head throughout that time. Yeah. You know, like my family was affected. For uh, sure. I didn't really tell my friends. So then, um, did you did you tell your friends? Did they not like know where you were when you weren't at school, or like what happened? Basically, yeah. Really. Didn't I didn't have much friends in the new school because I just got there. So there was like. Oh, it was a new right. Okay, yeah. So you there said was that. maybe yeah. 10, 15 people that knew me, but right. they didn't. It, black dudes in that school disappear all the time, mm-hmm. so it's like. <laughs> What happened to the new black dude? I don't know. He probably got expelled or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, for sure. Sounds like it becomes the norm. So I guess, you know. Cool. We are back from break, even though I never say we're taking a break. So. Right. <laughs> Ever. That is, we will definitely get better at that. Um, okay. So, yeah, we talked about, we were going to talk about, like, how you're treated differently. Also, how, like, black, uh, in the mental health community, how it's perceived being a black man. Yeah. Especially not only a man, but also being black is, like, definitely a... Yeah, it's a double whammy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what they call it in the gender and women's studies class. They call it a double whammy. Really? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they probably call it, like, double oppression or something. Or, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I... <laughs> can you imagine my teacher trying to... Ex- no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's interesting because even though I've been dealing with depression my whole life, it's yeah. normal to me. Right. But... When I talk to my friends about it, it's a whole different, like, you see the wheels turning, but it just can't click. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't really press the issue. I got to leave it alone. Like, I have people I can talk to about the situation, like my mom or my sisters or um, a couple of friends that see me in that state mm-hmm. or whatever. But, yeah, I keep it to myself. Sometimes you have to keep that type of stuff to yourself. <laughs> And when you, um, when you're growing up a young black man, it's like when you're dealing with certain things, you just have to find a solution. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So. I can, yeah, I can really relate to that a lot, actually. Because if you're crying, then crying doesn't solve the issue. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, well, also, too. That's kind of, I, I was talking to Melissa about this, and that's how, kind of how Jewish people handle things, where they're like, well, we have a doctor you can go see. It's like, no, but I want you to, I want to talk about my sadness with you. I don't need a doctor right now. Like, right. I don't want, you know, it's, it's that stereotypical thing, like doctors, lawyers, whatever. But that's kind of how I've always felt, too, where I love my mom, God love her, but, like, it's always what she kind of had to grow with me as I kind of had this long state of depression where, at first, she was kind of just like, well, we'll fix everything. And I'm like, no, I want to, like, vent to you. And, like, you just support me and be there for me as I'm going through this and not, like, this is a solution, this is a solution, this is a solution. Does that kind of make sense? Like, yeah. relate to you? Yeah. It does make sense. Yeah. And that's kind of how, yeah, that's definitely kind of how I felt. And I, um, and how do you, so I, I just kind of want to talk about this, too. Like, how do you approach different people who find out, who, who, f- who you know, like, I talk differently to people about my, like, about the stuff I deal with. Like, if I talk to somebody who's my friend, I'm like, 
oh, I can talk into OCD mode and talk about my repetitive thoughts and all this shit. But right. if I talk to somebody who I know is, like, judgmental, I'm like, yeah, it's just something I do. Like, I, I approach conversations differently. Yeah, it kind of pops up and then as a footnote or, like, an add-in sentence, but you kind of stray away from it to keep them from feeling uncomfortable. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because I spend a lot of time at open mics or shows and all that stuff. It's a happy environment. I don't want to kill the vibe by talking about my sadness. Of course. Yeah. Or... Um, one thing people always say is like, Ty, I haven't seen you in, in a long time. Where have you been? What you been up to? And I'm like, oh, I've just been asleep. Right, right. <laughs> I've been at home. I'll say <laughs> I'm chilling. First person I've seen today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. No, I feel that. Yeah. And I never really noticed how long I've been gone or how long people haven't seen me until they like mention how long my hair has grown since the last time they've seen me. Or, yeah. or like, oh, you got a beard. Or did you lose weight? Or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So they'd be like, how long has it been since? Right. In months, probably. Oh, yeah. A few people I haven't seen for years. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. There's also, like, physical telltale signs of depression. You're, you know, you're skinnier or you're fatter or you're, you know, your your hair's growing out because you're you're not as inclined to take care of yourself or hygiene stuff. Like, I hated showering when I was depressed. I showered, but it would take me, like, if I thought about showering, it would take me, like, an hour or two before I'm like, I'll just get in the shower. See, I love shower. I shower before okay. I leave the house and I le- and I shower once I get back. Wow, so that's almost like a way to cope too. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then they make because I don't know when I'm outside, I really don't like being outside. Yeah. So I feel kind of icky. Mm. So like I'll probably get a little sweaty while I'm out, and I'll be like, oh, I can't wait till I get home so I can just scrub all this off. Are you or, a person that like washes your clothes a lot too? Yes, I. Yeah. Dude, I have like a um, I got a a washer and dryer in the apartment, and oh, that's the best. And my mom has one. Yeah. And she lives two, three blocks away. Mm, okay. So, there's that. Yeah. No, that's a huge perk. Um, yeah. The, I, yeah, I... There. Well, there's a lot of things, too, where do you... What, so, you said, you know, you're, you're asleep. That was a huge thing for me, too. I would sleep non... Just all day. Yeah. If I don't have anything planned or have anything yeah. on the agenda... Yeah. Because I would sit... Like, I wake up early... And think about what could be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it could be like, okay, so I can go to the show or I can go to an open mic or right. I could stay inside, play right. video games, maybe write. Uh, and then my body would be like, let's sleep. Let's go to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I'll sit down for longer than 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then I'll just pass out. Yeah. So when I'm outside, I try to stand a lot because if I sit down, I get bored and I'll just like – lay yeah. my head down or just go straight to sleep where I'm at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It happens at, like, uh, religious events. Uh-huh. Well, then, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Those uh, are pretty boring. <laughs> they are, but it's like anytime I'm in a, in a classroom setting where people right. are talking and I have to, like, sit there and listen and I can't move around or I can't, like, you know, get up and, and leave or whatever, I just doze off. That's so interesting you say that because I noticed that about myself too, but I never saw that as a extension of my depression, but I definitely think it could be because I, I go to church with my boyfriend sometimes and then I'll go to, (laughs) and then I'll go to synagogue too. We used to go to synagogue and I would always be like, whenever I'm around a lot of people, I'm like, I just want to go home and go to sleep. I get overwhelmed, social anxiety as well. And then just, I'll be like, I want to go home and sleep. And I think, too, that's so interesting you say you need to stand because 
I I also relate to that too, where if I'm sitting, I'll, sometimes I'll force myself, I would force myself to sit at a desk because if I'm in my bed doing my work, oh, I would pass out immediately. Yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, especially when I'm super depressed. But th- then I had the opposite problem later on where I like couldn't sleep because I was too anxious. So it's kind of like the back and forth between like insomnia and then sleeping too much, not sleeping enough. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I've had like waves of stuff there where it's like, everything's kind of just the opposite where it's like I'm anxious or I'm not anxious enough because I'm too depressed almost where like I have no affect nothing affects me but I've also been on a lot of medication since I was younger so like Mm. I think the side effects just totally switched off as I was changing medication certain medications made me tired certain medications made me wired it was just like kind of just like a whole have you ever been on any meds yeah as a kid I was on Ritalin I was on Zoloft okay and uh I hated medication. I hated pills. I still hate pills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't like it. I try to just leave that out. My or... boyfriend's the same way too. Yeah, and he yeah. think well, and not not to say not to say it's because you're black. My boyfriend's black, and he says that, it, like, it's a huge thing in the community where like he's like my parents would never give me an Advil. They would just be like, drink some water, throw right. some Vicks <laughs> on your chest, like, the same, just all that stuff where it's just, kind of just more natural ways of um dealing with healing yeah yeah Mm -hmm. sometimes the medicine will affect your body where your body can't fight this thing without the medicine right my ex had some mental illness i forgot what it was but they gave her medicine too young Mm -hmm. so now her mind can't work properly without it oh yeah that's it's scary I get scared about the long-term effects, but then I'm like, well, they say I need a long-term. They're like, you should never go off of it. And I've thought about it a lot, but but then I feel like I kind of get shut down when I propose the idea by mm. a lot of people. Like, j- j- not even just by my psychiatrist, but people who have seen me on it, they're like, we've seen you off of meds, and it's not good. It's not like I'm, you know, I'm out of control, but I'm just super, super depressed. Everything's kind of negative and, like, sleeping too much. Definitely when I'm off my medication. I cry a lot, like... So I just, I get scared of that happening. Okay, that's understandable. Yeah, how long was she on them for? Uh, She's still on it, and she's 30. Well, she's okay. 29 now. She's Wait, when did she go on it, when she was younger? Yeah, like six, I think. Yeah. Five or six. Well, yeah. Have you ever taken them and gotten withdrawal symptoms from them? Not really, no. Okay. I, I don't know if I even felt any effects, because I hated pills, so like I would take them for a week. Yeah. consistently, and then I'll just forget about them. And, my and you mom, didn't realize it? No. My mom never forced it on me. I was already a little troublemaker in school, so right. it was whatever. Mm-hmm. Also, my mom kept me busy. Mm. I was always involved in something as a kid. So yeah. when I was younger, I was in football, boxing, and then she had me in a um, keyboard class. I didn't really pay attention to that class, but yeah. it was a good experience. Then... Uh-huh. After that, yeah, always had some type of after-school program or thing. And I was raised Jehovah's Witness, so there was also shit I had to do for the hall. Mm, gotcha. Which was annoying. Yeah. Because back then, you used to have to do a thing called talks. Okay. And when you're young and you do a talk, you had to read a section that they gave you. Uh-huh. You had to comprehend it and figure out what it meant, write out a speech about it. Yeah. Then get on stage and present it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they graded you on your research, your posture, how you spoke. Wow. 
Yeah, and they had tips, and they had like a point that you had to to focus on. Yeah. As far as your presentation. Right. So stand up definitely was kind of. Somewhat. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it kind of gets you over that public speaking fear if you have one. I mean, or just a little bit less of a fear. But we had to do that for my bat mitzvah, the Torah portion thing, where we have to interpret it in Hebrew. Like, we, you know, and then we get like an English, like a translator, and it tells us what it means. And then we give it at our bat mitzvah in front of like 100 people and tell them like what it means to us growing up as an adult and then the kind of like what it means to us in the world. And that's basically the same thing. I mean, yeah. interpreting a Bible verse, I'm assuming, or something yeah. like that. And then you're interpreting it. And it almost helps you to with, well, it almost helps you see the world a little bit differently too, where you're able to look at things from the past and kind of reinterpret them into like how you're living your, your life and things like that. And then also it, I don't know, helped me with reading too. Just kind of yeah. look at things like, and this is what a character's going through, but oh, maybe I can relate to this, you know? Yeah, that's kind of how yeah. the Bible was. It's, mm-hmm. it was. And how do you feel about religion and like mental health and stuff like that? Um, I'd say some religions help with mental health because some people need that hope. If they yeah. sat down and actually thought like, man, maybe our creator doesn't give a fuck about us, that type <laughs> shit, they'd go crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people need that, right, that sure. feeling that, it's going to get better, or it's going to get worse, but it's going to get better. It's all leading to a end, a paradise, a a resolution. As long as you don't go out of your way to hurt others, mm-hmm. or right, yeah, and that's in all religions too. So people don't realize is that most religions are more like than people want to believe. Yeah, and I always say this too, where like I go to I go to church with my boyfriend, and I'm like, they're saying the same stuff. Treat other people who you know the way you want to be treated. Love thy neighbor, you know, look at your neighbor and tell them I like you or whatever it is that we have to do in church. It's so different. Yeah. Going to, like, his church and then going to my, oh, it's the crazy. Like, you're chastised at Temple for, like, talking or, like, they're always, like, shh, and they'll, like, kick you out. And, like, his aunt, my boyfriend's aunt, was, like, weeping because she felt the, the spirit. So, the spirit, <laughs> dude. So I'm, like, okay. This yes. is so di- – I'm like, when when's she going to get kicked out? You know, like, it's such a change where I'm like – and people are like, when some when the pastor says something that resonates with them, they're like, oh, yes. And it's like, if I did that, I'd be, like, deemed an insane person. You know? So yeah. it's such a different culture thing and, like, how I've seen his family deal with mental illness as well. And not mental illness, but just symptoms of it where they're, like, feeling down and they're like, I really needed the Lord today. And I'm like, I can never relate to that. Like, I just – I could never relate to that. That's not something that I kind of grew up with. So it's super interesting to like hear you say, oh, it's it's more, I feel like a lot of times in extreme situations where you're like, if I've gotten this far with God, then I don't need God, you know? Yeah. Or like maybe he isn't watching out for me and certain things like that. So yeah, it definitely is interesting going to church. Yeah. And also <laughs> yeah. reading the Bible when you read the stories, Yeah, it's like, do you really want God in your business? Right. Right. Exactly. Especially if you're like in a psych ward, you're like, what? is he really going to want to see me like this kind of thing? Where, I don't know. I, just, I mean, he's seen worse. For sure. But I also think, too, it's it's one of those things where I can't imagine going through God seeing everything where it's like, I wouldn't want him to. It's more of like, you know when you go to your therapist sometimes and you're like try to almost like in like not impress them but you're like i don't want them to think bad of me right that's how i would feel i think if i believed in like a higher power like that i would feel like almost like i'm disappointing them 
and then it's like the cycle of like well if i'm disappointing them then i'm disappointing myself it's just i don't know i feel like it could get super negative i used to think like that too yeah but then i thought about the story of um job (laughs) all right (laughs) hit me (laughs) you don't know the story of job i don't know anything religious like no, it's yeah it's a story from like the first testament job yeah. was a mm-hmm. guy i'm a good like, jew tell it again <laughs> <laughs> i know exa- i know job we go way back yeah tell it. <laughs> he lived in sodom and gomorrah okay and he was like the only good man in sodom and gomorrah god hit him up he was like yo i'm about to <laughs> i love how you're telling the story <laughs> god was like yo man <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to blow this bitch up he's like yeah. what i live here yeah and he was like i know but it's a shitty place i gotta get rid of it you are the, you know, and he's like, but what if there was like 10 dudes here that worshiped you? You wouldn't blow it up then? He's like, you're right. He's like, what if there was five, though? He was like, you're right. And then he was like, what if there was like three? Yeah. And then God just stopped answering. So that day, you know, he's trying to figure out this day, packing up shit with his family. He gets right. a knock at the door. So these two strangers. They were like, yeah, um, one of our friends told us you were cool. We just going to hang out by the... um by the uh, center of town and probably sleep and then leave in the morning or whatever. He's like, nah, man, stay over. You know, kick it with my family. I'll feed you. You can sleep over. You can leave in the morning from my house. The neighbors saw those guys go into the house. So, like, all the dudes in the the town came to the house (laughs) knocking on the door. Yeah. And they were like, yo, we saw those dudes go in your house. Right. Send them out here so we can fuck them. Come to find out, these two guys were angels. Oh, shit. That were just hanging out. <laughs> and uh, Job was like, no, I'm a good host. I'm not going to send my guests out to get raped by the city. Right. Yeah. He's right. like, but I do have these two daughters, and they're virgins. <gasps> and they were like, no, we don't want that. Yeah, what? Okay. <laughs> That's like, like a turn. <laughs> it did. So it was like, they were like, no, we don't want that. We right. want the dudes. Uh-huh. They got really aggressive. They got forceful. And then eventually God was like, don't touch that door or you're going to face the consequences. And somebody touched the door and went blind. So the town dispersed. Yeah. And uh, they were like, yo, Joe, you got to leave now. This place is fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to rape angels. (laughs) Like, let's go. (laughs) Now, what fucked me up about that story is God was watching the whole time. Mm -hmm. Most of these stories, like where God comes at the last second and stops everything or saves the day. He yep. was there in the beginning. Right. The world was a lot smaller. There was a lot less people to manage. Mm-hmm. Shit, even his angels went on earth and, and hung out, had kids, fucked around, um, got in wrestling matches with niggas. It was like, it's, <laughs> the first testament was really wild. Yeah. But there was so much going on. I mean, think about it. Who is telling the story of the Bible? It's God inspired. So these God told the dudes that were writing this mm-hmm. exactly what to write. Yeah. But also we'll to attest to the fact that you're like, oh, he was watching over the whole time. And that's kind of what how I perceive it, where I'm like, Well, if you wouldn't end up in a place of this state if he was supposed to help you kind of thing. Yeah. And that's kind of probably what you're trying to Yeah, it's like a get at. game yeah. of the Sims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except, yeah. you know, he doesn't take away all the doors and let us starve to death. Oh, maybe he does. We don't know. <laughs> right, for sure. Yeah, and, well, it's, yeah, I mean, it could, I believe if you're using it in a positive way. I mean, and and I know someone who recently, um, and I'm not going to say their name because this is public, but they recently were like, 
oh, uh, they said like a bad word that's kind of deemed in society of today is not. And they're super religious, and they were like, oh, um, I was only kidding, but I have to say I'm kidding because otherwise the devil will like, uh, like kind of get back at me or like torture me with this this sin. And I was like, that's that's all. Like that you think that you saying like something that's like fuck or shit like something bad like that and having to apologize well it's also like having to apologize but it's like are you really apologizing though if you don't really mean it just because you think this thing's above you kind of thing where it goes into the thing of intentions where it's like just do what you want i mean nothing but but then again he also thinks that that's gonna happen to him in this whole thing and it's it's kind of sad and i look at it and i'm like damn that's that's, that's a hard way up. to live yeah it's wild yeah that's hard. But then I'm saying, like, it's a hard way to live in, in the sense of, like, imagine if you did have mental illness and you're like, oh, it's because of I said this one word that was deemed bad. Did God give me mental illness because of blah, 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 blah. Like, I can't imagine living like that. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I was pretty shocked. But I was also, like, I wasn't really shocked because I knew that they were super religious. But I was shocked in the sense of. Oh wow! I can't. I just thought about myself, obviously, but I was just like, wow! If I lived like that, I would think I was. I should be dead, you know, because yeah. of things that I've said, especially as a comedian, where you say fucked up stuff, and it's like, okay. Yeah, religion most definitely adds to anxiety as far as yep. the things you say, the things you do. Like, should mm-hmm. I have done this? Should I have done that? Why am I? I can't dress like this. Um, they really gave me a lot of shit for growing my hair out. Really? Yeah. Like I go every year to. Um, the only holiday we celebrate is yeah. the pa- it's not the Passover, but it's uh, around that time. Today is Passover. Lashanatova. Thank you. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's called. To all my Jews listening. <laughs> but it's a. Uh, what is it called? See, I go every year, but I didn't forget. It's the weed. It fucked up my memory. Um, oh, <laughs> memorial. There we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the memorial, the last meal, because the Bible says, you know, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So it's like the only job witness holiday. Oh, okay. So gotcha. for my mom, I, you know, get all dressed up and yeah. and go there. And they haven't seen me in years at the hall. Yeah. Because the hall I grew up out. at. Yeah. So I got the beard. I got yeah. the long hair. They're like, they're, ugh, they get on my nerves. Yeah. They'd be like, what's up with all this here, man? Grabbing on my oh, face. Oh, they grab it too? Yes. Oh, damn, that's annoying. Yeah. Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's weird is I, I always am like, I don't care what people think of me. And then there's always those people in my family who I almost hesitate to tell things to. And I'm like, oh, maybe I really do care about this. Or I don't, or I don't, or I say I don't care about what other people think of me, but certain things I'm like, yeah, I do. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Because I know I've, I, slow down on what I post on my Facebook and on my Instagram mm-hmm. and on my Snapchat because my yeah. father follows me on all of it. Oh, yeah. my boy, th- There's certain things that my boyfriend is like, I, my family, like, if they're coming to a show, I'm not going to I'm not gonna do any <laughs> sex stuff. I'm not going to swear. Like, I get it. I mean, it's like, yeah, there's certain people that you can't. It's not even that, that one person. It's the fact that, like, the whole everyone's going to talk and the whole family is going to be. Yeah, it's right. definitely it. Yeah, it's a whole gasp thing. Okay. Well, this does our this does our time yes pun intended um, <laughs> um where can people find you instagram podcast stuff yes instagram is ty riggs y'all at okay. ty riggs y'all um <laughs> t-y we, yes r-i-g-g-s okay y-a-l-l then um facebook is ty riggs twitter is ty riggs y'all uh okay. i do a podcast 
called the Hood Nerds Network with Jarrell Scott Barnes, Dwayne Murphy Jr., Redescu Hopkins, uh, sometimes Matthew Bright, uh, sometimes Antonio Kareem, sometimes uh, Maddie Robinson. It's a whole crew. Like we're the building, whole lineup, yeah. We're building a gang here. Yeah, a Hood I love Nerds it. gang. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Isn't that what gangs are now half the time? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're you're building a brand essentially. Yes. yes. Okay. Um. All right. Please subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, all that good stuff. Thank you for watching. Doing time. 